proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to stop laughing after a really funny game night with your best friends. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we are talking about games that make us laugh. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, like Rolling Stock Stars and There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension. Then, we share our top five games that make us laugh. And now, here are your hosts, Ambie and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode, and that is the thing that you're used to hearing from us about every two episodes or so, and that is that (laughs) Tabletop Live Network streaming marathon is this weekend, September 25th and 26th. From noon Pacific to noon Pacific, and our time slot specifically this time around is from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time on September 25th. So Saturday mm-hmm. night, Ambie and I are going to be playing Gardic Phone for mm-hmm. TLN. And if you haven't been in our Discord and seen the nonsense that comes from Gardic Phone, Gardic Phone is basically a digital version of Telestrations or Eat Poop You Cat or any of those games where you're drawing and writing back and forth. And it is a whole lot of fun. So I hope you all come and join us for that this weekend. Yeah. Recently, I got to play Rolling Stock Stars, which I have mentioned a lot in the past, but this was my first time playing the actual published production copy of the game. Hooray! So, so like, I don't know, four years ago or something, I had played the prototype and I mentioned it on the podcast. It was called Rolling Stock Version 2 back then, and I was like really excited for it. And um, if you can't tell, I like this game, Rolling Stock Stars. <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, so so I've mentioned it a lot, but Rolling Stock Stars is, it was published in 2020, um, designed by Bjorn Robinstein, and it's a card game inspired by 18xx games. So it's actually a re-implementation of Rolling Stock to make it uh, slightly mes- less uh, calculation intensive, because it, there's a lot of calculations and math in it, and there's still a lot of that in Rolling Stock Stars. But yeah, I'm going to read the blurb because it's really good because I, I wrote it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> to, to I mean, I so you're not, you're not necessarily just reading a blurb. You're reading your own <laughs> words. So. Yeah. So, so do you love 18xx games but wish there was one with a shorter playtime, a more realistic and sophisticated stock market, partnerships, and more math? Then look no further. Rolling Stock Stars is an 18xx inspired card game that's for financiers who want to take it to the next level. It's a pure financial game with no map. Missing an auction by just $1 can spiral your corporation into bankruptcy or lead to a hostile takeover. There's more, too, in the blurb. But but basically, yeah, your, your investors buying companies similar to an 18xx game. Um, there's auctions to get companies, and then you later convert them to corporations. But there's no map, so it's just all like the stock market part and buying these companies, converting them to corporations, and then you can sell the companies to corporations. And there's a lot of negotiation between people when you're doing that. So, like... For example, if I have a company that I bought and someone else has a corporation, I can sell it to them. Uh, So like make a deal with them like, oh, I'm going to sell it to you next turn. And they'll be like, okay. Uh, It's not like the backstabbing type of negotiation, or at least like we play that all the negotiations are are binding. I'm not sure if that's like an official rule, but it's not the type where it's like, oh yeah, I'll do that. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then you don't do it. It's like we do binding negotiations. So you're figuring out and calculating what you need to do to try to get the most money. And it's really interesting because it's, it's a lot of math. So 
basically you you have to be very precise in the amount of money you get and it's you you need money to make more money and if you don't have enough money then you can't buy things to make more money so it's a game about liquidity so in rolling stock stars you really want to make sure you have liquidity and able to do it so this was my uh sixth play of the game over the years and before it was like prototype version and stuff so it had changed but yeah i played five players and i i had fun i'm getting better at doing the math part so like i was able to actually calculate how much money i needed and do things so that i had that amount of money the next round and then be able to do what i wanted to do which is really exciting being able to do that but then i like completely messed up the next round (laughs) so i made lots of mistakes and I, i still need to get better at like buying shares in my company but i had a lot of fun and so if you've played rolling stock before rolling stock stars is similar but there's a little bit less math in like calculating company value and it's also a shorter game because there aren't any purple companies. The The game takes like two to three hours or something. We actually didn't finish the full game because it was a teaching game and we had a hard cut off at 10 p.m. Uh, we, so we started at like 8 p.m. <laughs> but like an actual full game of Rolling Stock Stars, if it weren't a teaching game, so like if we just started, would would fit in a nighttime for us, which is 7 to 10 p.m. That's our time for playing games. So that's like one reason that I like it over the original rolling stock because rolling stock is a longer game but also i like that you can invest in other companies and that's like a viable strategy because in rolling stock like if you invest in someone else's corporation and they sell it and then you get stuck with it and it's not good you can't sell your share and like it's really bad (laughs) you can just die kind of but in rolling (laughs) stock stars you can still sell the share and get liquidity from that so you're not just stuck with a dead share (laughs) So that's that's good. But yeah, basically if you if you like economic, heavy economic games and like 18xx games or like the idea of 18xx games but like don't really want to deal with a map or anything and you want more math. <laughs> then... I mean that is a, that it, that does do it for some people. It really yeah. does. I know you're you're laughing cuz we're both thinking like some people that definitely is not their thing. Yeah. I am one of those people, but like I get that that is a draw. <laughs> yeah. So, I actually like it a lot and it plays like in a good amount of time compared to 18x like similar to the shorter 18xx games too so but yeah that's rolling stock stars and you actually you had uh bjorn the designer on our podcast a few years ago yeah that's when i first played it he came and visited us because we had played rolling stock the original version and it's toby's favorite game uh and so he made the website rollingstock.net to play rolling stock online and he had like talked to the designer Bjorn about that and so like they talked to each other about it and then they were friends and then he came and visited um because like for work and then he stayed at our house and so we played the new version yeah and that was really exciting <laughs> yeah so if people want to go check out that interview to learn more about maybe kind of like mm-hmm. the design process or you know just the story behind the game they can yeah. go check that out yeah and back then it was called rolling stock version 2 I think so That means Rolling Stock Stars, if you're confused. (laughs) All right. Well, I have not actually gotten a lot of board games to my physical table recently. I have been playing a lot of board game apps, and I've been playing on Board Game Arena and during our digital game night that we do in our Discord Mm -hmm. on Saturday nights. But 
most of the games I'm playing during those sessions are games that I already know. So tonight I'm actually going to talk about something that's not a board game at all, but I think (laughs) our listeners and just about anybody who likes games would be interested in. It is a digital game called There Is No Game Wrong Dimension. So it is on a whole bunch of platforms. It's on Steam for both Windows and Mac. It's on iOS, Android, and Nintendo Switch. So it's on a whole bunch of different platforms. I played the iOS version, which cost $5 in America. I believe the cost is different based on what platform you get it on. But from what I understand, the game is the same regardless of what platform you buy it on. So there is no game, wrong dimension, which I am going to refer to going forward as just there is no game, even though technically there was a prequel to this called just there is no game. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So there was there is no game and then there is no game, wrong dimension. But I'm just going to say there is no game going forward. Just know I'm talking about wrong dimension. It is a point and click adventure game, but that's really doing it a disservice. It is a game that subverts expectations and pulls inspiration from different genres of games, including, like I said, point and click adventures, narrative adventures, RPGs, and even freeware games. Like, you know, those games where you have to like farm currency to to unlock things like Mm -hmm. the ones that we all kind of hate, but at some point Mm -hmm. during our time, we've played them. That's in there too. Uh, (laughs) And like, I'm not going to give a whole bunch of descriptions about what the story entails because that is part of what makes this game magical is the surprises that it will throw at you. It is very much like modern escape room board games in that there are a lot of puzzles and a good number of those puzzles subvert your expectations and force you to break the rules of the game or the rules that you would think exist in a game. So Hmm. this isn't a specific spoiler, but like you might be able to utilize items that are on the screen that don't look like usable items, for instance, or you may be able to manipulate things that you wouldn't expect to be able to manipulate. There is a narrator that is with you throughout the course of the entire game. I'm not going to say who that narrator is or what his deal is necessarily, but um, I will say you want to play this with the sound on, even though there are captions throughout the entire thing. The audio narration in this is super good and definitely lends to the immersiveness of the story. Everything is drawn mostly in a like 2D pixel style but there are some variations on that within the game, including actual like video footage that gets <laughs> inserted. And wow. yeah, it is. So last week from the time of us recording this, Eric, after he and I finished Dice Tower tonight, was like, hey, I, I, I downloaded this game or I played this game and I think you would like it. And I don't know if my brain just knew, but I instantly was like, okay. And then I downloaded it. Like it was, I didn't even like look it up or question it, but just the fact that Eric thought to recommend it to me was enough for me to know that this is something I should check out. And I have played through the entire thing already. It took me a few hours to complete the entire game, which, so I definitely got my five bucks out of it. But if you like puzzle solving, I would say that it's something you should definitely look into. My only caveat to that is there were a few puzzles throughout the course of the game. Oh, for the record, there is a robust hint system that will help you along the way. And that is very necessary because there were some puzzles that 
They did that thing where I knew what I needed to do, but just not how to actually do it. And that gets frustrating at times. Like, I know I need to combine Mm -hmm. this item and that item to do this thing, and I can't figure out mechanically how to actually do that. Those moments, for me personally, are the most frustrating. Like, Mm -hmm. because if I just don't know the solution, then looking up the hint is fine. But in these instances, I would look at the hint, and it would just tell me what I already knew. I'm like, I know I need to combine those two (laughs) things. I need to know how. And so then I would usually have to click all the way through the hints to the solution. And Mm -hmm. then I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it now. So some of those frustrating moments, but I think that in any large puzzle game, that's likely to happen for most people on a variety of different puzzles. It did not dampen the experience for me, even though the small moments were frustrating. Um, I know I haven't told you much about what the contents of the game are, and I'm not going to because... If you're a person that thinks anything I just said sounds interesting, you should just get it and experience it on your own. I highly recommend. I loved it. And if you knew about this game already and you know of other games like it, you should definitely tell me. I would liken this to something like the Stanley Parable, if you've ever played that game, in that like it breaks normal game conventions in some really fun ways. So that is... My experience with There Is No Game, Wrong Dimension. I loved it, and I think a bunch of you would, too. Nice. I just added it to my Steam wish list, so... Nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I want to play it sometime. I'm actually genuinely bummed that I played through it on my own and not on stream, because I think that other people would have really enjoyed helping me through it, but I also Mm -hmm. am glad I didn't spoil it for people because I think others would really enjoy playing this on their own. So Mm -hmm. there's an upside and a downside, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Ambie, I think we're about due for a top five list. What do you think? Yes. Yay. (laughs) And uh, I want to laugh today. (laughs) I've already laughed. But well, yes, we can perfect. Laugh then you are all set for our top five games that make yeah. us laugh. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they make us laugh a little differently than that. <laughs> At least some of the time. This was a fun list to make. I will say I had a lot of games on my short list that didn't end up mm-hmm. making the cut, but that I would easily suggest as a game that elicits laughter. Yeah, for me, it was kind of hard actually because. It, it's hard for me to tell if it's the game or the people because for me it's usually like playing with my friends that makes me laugh I we laugh a lot in a bunch of 18xx games and stuff but I didn't put those on my list because <laughs> they're not usually thought of as games that make you laugh but yeah I tried to find games that are like high density of laughter yeah so. I think for me it's Yeah, like mostly the game, but for me personally, at least a couple of the ones on my list are very specific to the experiences that I have had with them. And Mm -hmm, so I, you know, like, I think most games could, you know, make people laugh or not. And I've got a couple on my list that like people could play entirely seriously. Um, I just don't happen to do that. So (laughs) let's get into it. All right. My number five is Durian, which is a newer Oink game. It's a bluffing game, so kind of like Liar's Dice, except for you don't know what you have yourself and you know what everyone else has. So in the game, you have these fruit cards, and each card has like multiple fruits on it, and you are like gorillas running a supermarket, and you're trying to make sure you have enough stock based on what you're putting out. So like everyone has a card that they can't see, and you can see everyone else's card, and it has fruit on it. And then each turn, you draw a card and either and play it, 
Um, or you ring the bell to say that, oh, we don't have enough supply to satisfy the demand. But there's some special cards. So if someone has like one of these special cards, it, it says that like there's infinite bananas. So if someone has that, then no matter how many bananas you put out on the table, like it's fine. But usually you have to have that number of bananas showing in the people's hands in order to be good. So like one time we played and people were playing bananas down on the table and everyone thought they had the infinite banana card, but no one had it. Oh no! <laughs> so, like, so there were only like two bananas in our supply and like everyone just kept playing bananas. And then like when we finally rang the bell, we're like, oh, whoa, I thought I, everyone was like, I thought I had infinite bananas. <laughs> and so like things like that happen a lot where, where it's like you're just bluffing and then everyone is thinking that they have something that they don't have and so it's completely wrong um and then other times it's more serious but there can be some really funny moments in durian which is why it's my number five man now i want to now i want to get a copy of durian <laughs> that yeah. sounds delightful <laughs> My number five is a game that I'll admit I actually haven't played in a little while, but it is one of my favorite games to teach people action programming, and that is Walk the Plank. Uh, Walk the Plank is a little game where everybody has a certain number of meeples of their color and a set of cards that they can play, and you have to lay out four of your cards face down in order, one through four, blindly, along with all of the other players, and then cards will get flipped up one at a time and go off based on turn order, and the meeples manipulate the other players' meeples to make them walk the plank. So there's the ship, there are three sections of plank, and then there's the ocean with a sea monster in it. And the cards do things like shove another meeple forward on the plank, or pull another meeple back from the plank, or extend the plank, or retract the plank. And so inevitably, like, you'll think that you're doing one thing, but it, depending on how the other meeples move before your card gets flipped over, it's entirely possible that you'll just throw yourself into the ocean. And every time that <laughs> happens, it's so funny because like you think you've got this perfect plan all lined up and then all of a sudden you're the only one out at the end of the plank and somebody retracts the plank and you just drop into the water. <laughs> it's light and it goes by pretty quickly, but it is, it's actually a really good way to teach action programming because the game is mechanically light um, and it's really silly and fun. I've introduced mm. this one to gamers and non-gamers alike, and it always causes some silliness. Uh, the only real downside to this one is it does have player elimination, and so it is entirely possible that somebody can get kind of unlucky and get all of their meeples in the ocean earlier in the game. Like, that's possible. So know that going in, but as mm -hmm. long as everybody's cool with it, it's a pretty quick game, so it doesn't really seem to be that bothersome. Uh, and that's why Walk the Plank is my number five. Yeah, programming games can be pretty funny. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Any programming game, things can go off the rails. And sometimes that's really silly and fun. And sometimes it's horrific, depending on the game. Yeah. Yeah. Space Alert almost made my list because of things like that. But then I was like, ah, the density might not be as much as other, other games. <laughs> <laughs> so my number four is the Resistance Avalon, which is a social deduction game. And it used to be one of my favorite games. Well, it still is one of my favorite. It used to be my favorite game. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I used to play this a bunch. And I think this is more a function of 
my group than like the game itself necessarily because we have some like really funny stories with our group and they kind of come up every time we play so yeah in the game there's like a good team and the bad team and you're going on missions and the bad team is trying to fail the missions and the good team is trying to figure out who the bad team is so that they don't put them on the missions and they can succeed. But at the beginning of the game, the bad people get, get to look at each other. So like we, we say, everyone close your eyes, uh, bad people put your thumbs up and then like bad people look at each other and then everyone close your eyes, stuff like that. And then <laughs> one time when we were playing, like when everyone opened their eyes after that round of every of the bad people looking at each other, like one of our friends just had their thumbs up. <laughs> and, and so like, that was really funny. And then there are other times where like in Resistance Avalon, there's a character called Merlin who knows who the bad people are. But if Merlin gets guessed by the bad people at the end of the game, then the good people lose. So there have been like some funny plays with Merlin, like either Merlin being super obvious and then the bad people not guessing them because it's too obvious and then it is Merlin <laughs> or like stuff like that. So, but yeah, like the thumbs up thing, we like always <laughs> bring that up. So like now, always, whenever we open our eyes after a social detection game, we put our thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, because that was really funny. So yeah, that was the Resistance Avalon, and yeah, more more specific funny moments, but <laughs> that's that's why it's number four. I think a lot of the shorter length social deduction games can cause mm -hmm. these moments. My group back in the day definitely used to have moments like this with One Night Ultimate Werewolf mm -hmm. when we were playing that more regularly. And same for Coup. Like, I don't know why it's so funny that like everybody claims the Duke when they're playing Coup, but it, like <laughs> it is funny because yeah. inevitably somebody is the Duke and they're always the one that everybody's like, no, you're not the Duke. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. but I am the Duke. And it's just like, I don't know why that's funny to me but it always cracks me up my number four is trap words which is a party game that doesn't get talked about that often but it it does something somewhat unique in that it's similar to taboo in that you have to describe a thing but there are certain words that you're not allowed to say when describing it trap words takes that concept a step further because the other team gets to secretly write down the words that you're not allowed to say. So you don't, like in Taboo, you're looking at the list. You know you can't say a certain list of words. But in Trap Words, you're just having to guess what words you can't say. And so you end up using no words that are helpful at all. Like, I don't remember what the thing was that I had to describe. I think it was like lemonade. And I ended up being like, you pour a non-solid uh, substance into your mouth hole and like or your into your face hole like yeah. I didn't say, I didn't want to say mouth or drink or like and everybody was dying because like you just end up describing things in yeah. the weirdest ways possible technically trap words has other mechanics in it where you're like going through like a dungeon and stuff which yeah. I'll admit is completely pointless like yeah. <laughs> that is not where the fun of trap words comes in so i'm not necessarily vouching for the whole game but like if you get trap words you can have a whole lot of fun just with the taboo aspect of it where mm -hmm. the other team gets to pick the words that you can't say because it's very much like do they write down the obvious words or do they write down those next level words that they think <laughs> you're gonna stay say yeah. instead and oh man it just gets real funny so that's why trap words yeah. is my number four
Yeah, I only played trap boards once, but it was a lot of laughs when we played it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I forgot about it. It kind of disappeared. Like, it, it came out, and I heard about it for a little while, and I think because kind of that overarching game that they tried to, yeah, like... Yeah, that, that made me not want the game. <laughs> right, like, I... It's, it's one of those things where, like, you're like, well, the rest of this doesn't seem necessary, but it is still... I think it's still worth getting if you like having a lot of, like, interesting party mm-hmm. games in your collection, and you... I mean, if you've ever liked Taboo, then it's definitely something mm-hmm. that your group would probably mm-hmm. enjoy. All right, my number three is Bunny Bunny Moose Moose, which I've mentioned a few times on the podcast before, but it is a game. You you can't see what Crystal's doing. It's it's better in video form than audio form because you are trying to make bunny ears and moose ears and like different things based on what cards come out to get the most points. So like the hunter is putting out cards and it says like, oh, bunny ears are worth two points. And then uh, a bunny ear that's curled is worth negative one point or something so like they keep putting cards over and then replacing those cards to a beat of a poem and then it's going to stop at some point and you have to freeze so you're like in real time changing what ears you're doing bunny moose up down stuff like that and then you all freeze and you have these weird poses and then you get points based on that so like it's really funny just seeing what everyone's doing and like it's really funny just like trying to do match the poses and um yeah this always makes makes me laugh uh especially like people watching it makes them laugh too <laughs> this this game is ridiculous i remember when you and toby taught this to me uh-huh. i think it was after dice tower con or after the dice tower cruise i think after year? the cruise yeah okay we were at cool stuff inc yeah. in florida and we played this. I was so bad at it. Like, I, because the story is being read to a beat. And so, like, you'd think that would make it easier, but it doesn't. And so I'd be like, wait, what? And, like, I'm moose ear, bunny ear, all over the place. And I, oh, man, it, it is definitely one that is fun to watch, if not also to play. Yeah. And that actually brings up a good point, because I do think there are a lot of games that are not on my list that are very funny to watch other people play Mm. and they can be really funny to play also, but like things like happy salmon, for instance, like Mm. when I'm actually playing happy salmon, I kind of get weirdly serious (laughs) about it. Like, cause you're trying to get through your deck as fast as possible. So you're like in the moment and you're like, happy salmon, come on, happy salmon. But like (laughs) watching people play happy salmon is hilarious. Same thing for things like space team. A lot of Mm. real time games definitely like are very funny to watch. (laughs) My number three is a drawing game called Duplic. It has also gone by other names, Identic and a couple others over the years. It's a game where it comes with a whole bunch of ridiculous looking black and white illustrations that have a whole bunch of components to them. So it's not just like a picture of a dog. It's a picture of a dog that's holding balloons and also standing on a high chair that's in the middle of the ocean. Like that kind of ridiculousness. And if you're the active player, you're looking at one of these pictures and you have to describe it as well as you can, I think in 60 seconds to everybody else. And they are all trying to draw what you're describing. Inevitably, though, you're not going to describe it that well because there's a lot of stuff going on in all of these drawings. 
The cards then also have Redlands technology on them. And so you put this little Redlands filter over the card after everybody's done and people will score points based on whether they drew certain things or not. And you'll get points if they drew them as well. You're trying to get them to draw the thing as well as possible, but like it might say the dog's head has to be lower than the clouds in the sky and then you might be like wait I didn't even say there were clouds in the sky and so like it's things like that um and then yeah you get points and they get points for how much gets done accurately and inevitably the drawings that come out of this game are so funny to see and look at because they often look nothing like the original and it's funny whether they do or not like if somebody gets it kind of spot on it's everybody's like whoa and if most people don't get it spot on. It's really funny. So uh, there were other drawing games that I considered putting on my list. We might talk about one of them here in just a second for Ambie's number two. Uh, but yeah, my number three is Duplic. Yeah. So speaking of drawing games where things come out very different from when they started, uh, my number two is Eat Poop You Cat, which is the uh, public domain version of Telestrations. So in Eat Poop You Cat, Everyone starts with a sentence that they make up or like a phrase or something and they write it down and then they pass it to the next person and and everyone's doing this at once. So like everyone is getting to write and draw. So the next person sees the phrase, draws it and then like covers up the phrase. So I've played it with like a piece of paper where you fold over the paper or like multiple pieces of paper and you just cover up the paper. Yeah, or in like telestrations, it's a flip book yeah, and you just flip yeah. the pages over. But yeah, so they, they draw that and then they pass it on to the next person who sees what the drawing is and then write down what it is. And it goes, it keeps going until it gets back to the original person. So it's good with more people, obviously. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a big t- game of telephone with a drawing in between and it can get really funny pictures and how people interpret the drawings <laughs> can be really funny. Uh, so... Yeah, it, it's always really funny just like seeing what happened to the drawings and like, like how did you, this happen? Like you see the beginning thing and then the end thing, like how did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love starting at the, when like when you're showing them off after the fact, we always do like a little slideshow kind of thing where yeah. like we give, once everybody has their notepad back, we start at the very end and then like mm-hmm. flip up the uh, the previous ones and we're like, especially when I get mine back and I see like the final drawing or the final phrase, I'm always like, wait, this is my notebook? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't remember what I wrote down based on what I'm seeing here. And to that end, the game that we're playing this weekend for Tabletop Live Network, mm-hmm. Gardic Phone, is basically an online version of Telestrations. And I am not being, I'm not exaggerating when I say that Gardic Phone lately has caused laughter in me that, like the deepest belly laughs, like the kind that like you can't breathe and like your whole body hurts, but in a good way. Like we, this past Saturday night, I literally felt like I was going to die at some moments. It was that, like I was like, laughing we're that need a hard. Disclaimer. <laughs> I know, right? Like it was intense uh, in a very good way, obviously. But yeah, so uh, tune into TLN this weekend if you want to see me, you know, laugh myself into tears, probably. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my number two, Eat Poop You Cat. 
My number two is one that I think probably wouldn't show up on most people's lists of games that make them laugh, but it is one that always makes me laugh, mostly because of the way I teach it and play it with my friends, and that is Sheriff of Nottingham. So at its core, Sheriff of Nottingham is not really necessarily a game that you would think would be laughter-inducing, because it is a set collection game where one player in a rotating fashion plays the sheriff, who is checking all of the goods coming into Nottingham and all the other players are merchants trying to get their goods into Nottingham. So you have a hand of cards and then you have a little bag that you put those cards into and present to the sheriff and then they decide whether they want to look inside your bag or not to see if you're trying to sneak in contraband. So they can let your bag go through uninspected or they can inspect the bag. And if they inspect it and you have contraband, you get in trouble or you lose things. And if you don't have contraband, then the sheriff gets a penalty. Again, all of that fairly straightforward. But the way I teach this game, I always make sure that I am the sheriff first and I set the game up to elicit role playing from anyone who is the sheriff. Because what I do is I explain the game, teach them the mechanics, and then they all like slide their bags over with the cards in them. And I lean back and cross my arms and I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't see any bribes on any of these bags. Do you all not respect me as the sheriff? Like I get into full character of like, how dare you not, you know, like, and it's so funny because their faces are like at first always just like, wait, what? And then they realize what I'm doing. And inevitably somebody throws a coin onto one of them, one of their bags to like bribe me. And then I like, I get real, like I puff up and I'm like, see, this person respects the office of the sheriff and they know that Nottingham is an important city and blah 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 needless to say everyone else inevitably picks up this same kind of persona when they're the sheriff but with their own spin on it and i love Mm -hmm. seeing what people do with it like the hemming and hawing between whether somebody's going to open their bag or not and the the toying with people if you play this with the right group uh with the right mindset it can cause some of the best laughter I've ever experienced in a game. Uh, And I put it high on my list because party games are built for laughter, but I think this Mm. one is special in that the game helps facilitate the thing, but it's not exactly what you would expect out of it. So Mm. for me personally, that's why Sheriff of Nottingham is my number two. Cool. So my number one is actually also Crystal's number one. We match! (laughs) Yay! We match on number one. For this one, this is actually like the first game that I thought of. Um, I was like, okay, this one, and then I have to think of the rest of the list. This definitely was like top of my brain as well, um, because it it has never been not funny yeah. when I've played this game. Yeah, so, so we should say what so it is, game, right? Yes, the game is Monikers. <laughs> yes, which is it's similar to Times Up, which I haven't played as much, but because I like Monikers better. Yeah, moniker, like, so Time's Up and Monikers both use similar mechanisms, Mm -hmm. but Monikers contain slightly more adult-themed content. Also longer titles a lot of the time. Yes, it's more detailed, it's a little more in-depth. And when I say adult content, I don't mean just, like, gross humor. It's, it's like, mature adult content in some contexts as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the way the game works is it's like... It's kind of like, you know, taboo where you're trying to guess something, except there there aren't any taboo words. (laughs) But then there's three rounds. So the first round, you're saying stuff to get people to guess your word. Uh, And you go through a deck of cards and and each person gets a minute. So you go through all those and you have this 
all these words that you guessed or words or phrases. And then the second round, you use the same deck of words or phrases, and you can only say one word each time for the clue. And then the third round is just charades with the same deck. So like, as you play, you get these inside chokes, <laughs> like, like somehow something will, will mean this, this phrase that's like 10 words long. <laughs> like, yeah. And like the references on these cards, some of them are really common, like, like you Santa Claus, like something that yeah. everybody would know. And some of them are really obscure. Like it could be like, I'm making this up. This is not a real thing, but it could be like Joe Smith, the person who invented the printing press and like yeah. a thing that nobody would know naturally. And you have to get mm-hmm. them to guess that person's name. And so like, you have to end up describing things in super weird ways to get people to just, cause they're like, I don't know who invented the printing press. How do I f- figure this out? And so then you're like, okay, what's another word for coffee? And they're like, Joe. And that's how you get people to guess things. But yeah, yeah. in the future rounds, they're the just drinking word, coffee. You would just say coffee. And then people would be like, oh yeah, Joe Smith, the guy that invented the printing yeah. press. Like, so, or like if one person guessed the thing in the charades round, you might just point to that person and be like, that is the thing. And they're like, oh yeah, you figured out the coffee thing earlier. So it must be Joe Smith. And yeah, the inside jokes that develop from this, like it happens naturally via the gameplay. And it's always so funny to watch happen in real time. And there's, Mm -hmm. it's team based. So you're playing two teams against one another and watching the other team struggle when you know exactly what the thing is is also really funny. Like, and, then, and then when it comes up on your side, you forget. <laughs> yes, because that's the thing. When Since you go through the same deck of cards in every round, like in rounds two and three, you know that you just heard whatever this thing is at some point, either on your turn or the other team's turn. But yet somehow you can't think of it at all. And oh man, it is great. I miss, I haven't played this one in a while. I, now I want to play monikers. So <laughs> yeah, if anybody so. knows of a way to play monikers uh, virtually via a video call, uh, hit me up. Let me know what you think, because I would love to do that. Uh, I own the game. But yeah, obviously, yeah. since the cards have to get passed from person to person, you can't necessarily just, huh, I'm mm. going to I'm going to think on that, because I actually think that that would be really fun to do for our online game night on Saturday nights at some point. We would love to hear your all's favorite games that make you laugh, whether they're party games or not. So head over to our uh, Board Game Geek Guild or any of our social media pages where we've posted links to this episode and let us know what games make you laugh, especially if they're ones we didn't mention here today, because maybe we will pick them up and enjoy some more laughter as a result. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, for video and blog content, as well as see links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Last Light, a full 4X board game that doesn't take hours to play, is coming to Kickstarter soon. Until then, you can get Gray Fox Games at a discount via their website. Just use the code BGBlitz21 at checkout to get 20% off non-exclusive items. Gray Fox Games. Quality games cleverly crafted. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. We often host virtual game night on Saturday evenings in our Discord. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, we game and laugh. Ha 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 ha. Loud and long and clear. We game and laugh. Ha 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 ha. Then when we win, we all cheer. Ha 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 ha.
Bye, everyone. And there is no game. I forgot the subtitle. Okay. <laughs> and there is no game unknown. Oh gosh, it's wrong dimension. Why can't I? Okay. Copying and pasting it, not just trying to memorize it. <laughs> I don't know why.